Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Teeson. It was almost one year ago that we talked to Jeff Vidler of Audience Insights about the inaugural Canadian podcast listener survey. Well, a year has passed and Audience Insights and Ulster Media have now released some of the findings of the 2018 Canadian podcast listener survey. On this episode, we welcome back Jeff Fiddler to talk about everything from podcast growth, measurement and monetization challenges, and the rise of the smart speaker in Canada. I mean, our numbers are virtually identical to what um, Edison uh, records in the U.S. Um, we both see about 26% of the population being monthly podcast listeners. Um, and in terms of weekly listeners, um, I, I think we're at 18%, they're at 17%, something like that. But very similar numbers, very similar podcast listening patterns in both the U.S. and Canada. So what kind of growth was experienced over the last year? To look at in terms of awareness, uh, people who've ever listened to a podcast, um, you know, that's growth that's slow. It's, you know, it's gone up by a couple of points um, from year to year in terms of people who, you know, have heard of podcasts or people who say they've ever listened to a podcast. And even, you know, monthly, it's gone from 24 to 26%. Weekly, it's gone from 15 to 18%. And what's really interesting is when you look inside those monthly listeners or those weekly listeners, that's where there's a lot of the most active growth. Um, so it's people who are kind of inside the podcasting club um, who are spending more and more time with podcasting. But, you know, it, the slow growth, and, but steady growth is um, getting people into that. club. Looking at, you know, the number of episodes people say they listen to in a week, um, it's up um, among people who've either listened, started listening to podcasts two to five years ago or five years or more. But even on, on new listeners, People listened in the past year, it's about the same as it was a year ago. So the growth is coming from the people who've um, been listening for a long time. Um, and it's coming from people who, you know, if you look at weekly podcast listeners, uh, the amount of time they spend with podcasts has gone up considerably from year to year. So, what kind of listener turnover are we talking about? Um, I mean, for that growth to be there from 24 to 26% among monthly podcast listeners, that means the pie is growing. Um, but there's also clearly some churn as well. Uh, 41% of monthly podcasters can say they started listening to podcasts in the past year. Now, um, that's a big number. Um, and if you look to take that to Canadians, that's 11% of Canadians saying that they've started listening to podcasts in the past year. But yet monthly podcast listening has only gone up a couple of points, which means that some people um, are sampling podcasts, but not sticking with them, or have listened at some point in the past, but have sort of fallen off from that as well. But net-net, there is growth there. But there's obviously some churn as well. There's, um, you know, some of those new podcast listeners uh, have very different habits from those people who have been, what we call the tenured listeners, people who listen for a long time, who tend to listen, be part of that iPhone, iOS world, um, you know, they started listening on their iPods back 10, 15 years ago, switched over to their iPhones to listen. Some still listen on iPods, um, but the new listeners are more likely to be these Android phones. They're more likely to press and play uh, to hear podcasts rather than download them. Uh, so, you know, we're really seeing as, as that podcast universe is growing, we've got some other people coming into podcasting who 
aren't necessarily in sync with the same technology as those who've been in it for a long time. So, Jeff, does your study look at how much Canadian content growth has emerged over the last year? And, and can you measure, uh, you know, whether Canadians are predominantly listening to homegrown podcast content? Yeah, we do ask, um, and we do two things, actually. One is we do ask listeners um, to identify, monthly podcast listeners, to identify um, 10, up to 10 podcasts that we've listened to in the past month. And the average monthly podcast listener uh, mentions three or four a month. But we also ask a question um, in terms of what their favorite podcast is from the past six months, what their second favorite is from the past six months. So we sort of build it out from that as well. And also finally ask them, you know, to just estimate of the percentage of podcasts that they listen to, what percentage of that is Canadian, what percentage is from the U.S., from the U.K., from Australia, from other places as well. So most listening is still going to U.S. podcasts. Um, and but Canadian podcasts are you know in the sort of thirty percent range, uh, thirty to thirty five percent range, um, and a lot of that uh, is CBC podcasts. But there's other podcasts that have really developed a, a, an audience in Canada as well over the past uh, couple of years. So what what are the top three podcasts that came back from your study? Top three podcasts: Joe Rogan Experience is number one, um, and that has six point six percent monthly podcast listeners say that they've listened to that podcast in the past month. Um, number two, is this American Life? 4.6%. So that, that's among the 10 podcasts they've listened to in the past month. And finally, Stuff You Should Know from How Stuff Works um, is at 4.1%. Okay, so, so what are the best performing Canadian uh, originating podcasts? As I mentioned, CBC really, a lot of the CBC shows, um, the ones that are really time-shifted programs from CBC Radio 1. Under the Influence um, by Terry O'Reilly is certainly up there, um, but also The Current and Quirks and Quarks, which is actually one of the sort of original podcasts. Um, has been there for a long time. I mean, again, going back to the early days of podcasting, um, and and this reflects that it, it really solves a problem for people who listen to public radio. Um, you may have your favorite show, you may love Under the Influence by Terry O'Reilly, but you're not going to get up every Saturday morning at 10 or 10:30 whenever it's on. You want to be able to listen to it on your own schedule. So um, a lot of the top Canadian podcasts fit into that bucket. They're from CBC Radio One or um, from uh, Radio Canada as well um, on the French side. Uh, that said, there are some others as well that um, they're not up among the top three, um, but we also see podcasts from TFN, from Sportsnet, some of their TV personalities who do podcasts um, are part of that. We also have a few um, from, from you know, uh, radio personalities that are in there as well. And there's also Canada Land by Jesse Brown. That's also one of the top Canadian podcasts. I want to touch on measurement issues because right now podcast metrics are predominantly measured by downloads when most listeners are streaming podcasts. Can you really know how many people are listening? It's one of the biggest questions uh, facing the industry. I mean, actually, if you really look at, you know, we talked about the growth of podcasting being slow and steady. Um, You know, what are the barriers to greater growth for podcasting? There's really three. Um, one of them is marketing, getting people to know about your podcast. I mean, at last count, there's more than 
500,000 podcasts out there, not all of them active, only about 100,000 are active, but still hard to get heard above that din. Um, the other one is measurement. Who's listening? What are they listening to? Um, because that ties to the final barrier, which is monetization. Um, to get advertisers to fully commit to podcasting, um, they need to have some kind of ROI um, or, or even some kind of measure of knowing exactly who's listening so that they can feel that confidence and certain agency recommending that to your clients. But downloads at this point is still kind of accepted standard. In the U.S., the IAB and, and a lot of the podcast publishers have agreed on um, a principle for how to measure downloads and then estimate that into listening. Um, and it's kind of an involved formula, um, but um, it's being accepted um, as currency to some level to use as a basis for cost per thousand in the U.S. Um, but, you know, that does not exist in Canada. There's really no measurement like that in Canada. And also, it's still fraught with some issues. As you said, a lot of people don't download a podcast. They press the play. A lot of the press to play are, of course, still downloaded. It's progressive download that, you know, it may not be obvious to you that it's actually been downloaded, but it's getting downloaded before you're actually hearing the audio. So the other question is, of all the podcasts you download, how many do you ever actually get around to listening to? Um, so there's estimates placed on that based on industry average, but it, 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 yeah, it's, it's still kind of, you know, in an unknown area. So do you see a sustainable path forward from an independent creator perspective? Oh, yeah, I think there will be. I think I mean, the, the reality for podcasting is simply that people, podcasting is for very specific time and need, and, and it does exist. That most simply, I think, as someone expressed it once, it's, it's when your eyes are busy, but your mind is free. And, you know, audio is the only thing that's going to work when your eyes are busy and you want to be engaged with something. Um, and, and if your mind is free, then you can really listen and, and, and get fully engaged in the program um, in whatever that podcast is. And there's lots of occasions in people's lives where they do that. And that's where podcasting fits in to people's lives. So almost everybody um, has some of those moments. So it's going to grow, but it's going to have to mature um, in terms of, Marketing, a lot of companies are making some real strides in terms of helping um, podcast publishers in, in getting their podcast noticed. That's going to develop. The measurement, I mean, what we do with Canadian Podcast Listeners Study is a good example. We don't rely on downloads. We ask people what they listen to in the past seven days, or the past, in the past month, and we ask them, um, you know, what their favorite podcasts are to get some sense of affinity as well. So that's another step towards measurement. Um, it's complicated because we see the very long tail of podcasts. When we ask that question, out of 1,500 monthly podcast listeners, a total of 1,831 different podcasts are identified when we ask them what they listened to in the past month. So um, it, it, it's challenging in its own right to do that kind of measurement. Um, but um, there will be, as long as there's an audience and an advertiser who wants to reach them, I believe there will be a way to find measurement that does work and does not only tell you how many downloads you have and sort of guesstimate from that how many listeners that means, but also who it is who's listening um, so that you can target effectively. And even that area is being worked on um, in the U.S. with issues a bit more mature. Um, 
lot of use of digital technology, um, dynamic ad insertion to be able to put ads into podcasts. Um, in Canada, DPX, the Podcast Exchange, um, is working in that area as well um, by taking all of those podcasts, those American podcasts that are being listened to in Canada, and using dynamic ad insertion to put ad, ads for Canadian advertisers on those podcasts as well. There have been some significant tech moves this year with uh, Google and Spotify launching dedicated podcast platforms. Um, in addition to more adoption of smart speakers, do you have any broad predictions for the year ahead? What are we going to be talking about, you know, in the podcast uh, listener survey for 2019? Having Google open up its own podcast app um, that obviously is works for people with Android phones, that does open the door um, to people who aren't necessarily inside that iOS universe of, you know, uh, where they're, you know, where they see the Apple podcast or iTunes interface and all of that, which has really been sort of traditional hub for podcasting. But, um, but all of those things are helping to make it easier for people to listen to podcasts and smart speakers are a big part of that. Um, you know, if you have Google home, for example, all you have to do is say, and, and you can do it for almost thousands and thousands of podcasts. You say, hey, Google, please play the latest episode of Reply All, and it will play immediately. And if you stop, and then you say, please play Reply All, it'll pick up where you left off. I mean, that's so much more frictionless than the whole process of going to iTunes, subscribing to a podcast, downloading the episode, and then listening to them. These are part of the things that, you know, when we talk about is podcasting going to grow over time? Absolutely, because it will be easier to listen to podcasts. How quickly all of that will take place, you know, it, it will be interesting to see. But I, I don't think it's unrealistic to expect that growth will pick up on that, particularly in terms of people who have ever listened to podcasts or listen monthly. The people who are sampling will go up. Uh, and as that happens, then more and more people will spend more time listening to podcasts. What do you make of the podcast to broadcast trend with, uh, you know, companies like Bell and Chorus uh, putting podcast content on uh, the radio airwaves? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, these are all great and noble experiments. Um, and, and I think, you know, we'll, it will probably change to some extent how podcasts sound. It will change probably to some extent how radio sounds. But at this point, there really are two very different worlds, particularly if you look at the world of commercial broadcasting and, 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 and look at podcasting. Um, again, one of the reasons why um, podcasting kind of took off um, for public radio shows and time-shifting public radio shows is that those shows are designed to be listened to on a foreground basis, right? Um, again, you know, podcasting solves a problem for people who listen to podcasts, who listen to public radio, that they can choose when they listen to their favorite shows. Um, and that's sort of been a, all of the, I say all of them, a lot of the other podcasts that developed from that had a lot of the same tone and feel um, as public radio shows because that was a lot of the people who were listening to podcasts. And it also fit the idea of listening on headphones um, when you're, again, you're, your eyes are busy, but your mind is free. It, it, it's a very engaging content. Um, and, and the public radio producers are so good um, at telling the stories and things that, that, and kind of weld you to um, whatever's going on. But broadcast is a very, commercial broadcast radio is a very different beast from public radio. And, um, and the tone of broadcast content um, is very different from 
the experience that most people have of listening to podcasts. Um, I mean, broadcast for commercial radio is meant to be listened to more almost kind of in the background. Yeah, when my um, my eyes, you know, are busy, but also my mind might be engaged in something else too. I might be, you know, listening to the radio at work. I might be doing a lot of other things and the radio is just in the background. Um, and, and that means that to communicate on commercial radio, you sometimes have to yell loud enough to get to the back of the room so people can pay attention to what you're saying. Um, it's a very different experience um, than listening, engaged in a podcast with your earbuds or your headphones on. You don't need to yell to the back of the room. In fact, it's annoying um, and it loses some of that intimacy. So for broadcast to go to podcast, um, it, 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 that's one of the biggest problems with taking a, a broadcast and expecting it to work as a podcast. It just doesn't fit in to what at least currently is the way that people listen to podcasts. Uh, at the same time, taking a podcast and putting it on the broadcast is different than what you hear on most commercial radio stations, um, particularly on, on music stations, but even to some extent on, on news or news talk stations, if that makes sense. Well, it's a good segue to my next question, which is, you know, do you have any advice for content creators? What do you think the single biggest mistake is that, um, that you know, creators make? I guess there's a few. Probably, I mean, on an independent level, I think it, 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 there's such a low barrier to entry to produce a podcast. It seems so simple to do. All they need is a microphone and a laptop. Hey, and I could do a podcast too. Um, but in reality, to have one that people will listen to, um, it, it requires, you know, having some sense of great storytelling as part of that and, and being able to, to have a beginning, a middle, and an end to what you're doing, having great content that people will listen to. You can't just, you know, turn on the microphone and go. Um, you need to have great quality content to stand out among those 100,000-plus active podcasts that are out there. It seems easy, but it's hard to do really good podcasts. Just like it seems you do radio broadcasting, but it's hard. You need to, you know, really know what you're doing and and and, and be skilled at it and, and 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 have real talent as well. Anything you want to add, Jeff? I, I think one of the things you talked about was smart speakers. Um, and and one thing we found in Canada that is quite different from the U.S. Um, and it has to do with the smart speakers that are out there. Um, is in the U.S. Alexa is the dominant smart speaker. Um, in Canada, it's quite different. Um, um, Google Home actually had the head start here. They uh, launched uh, in June of 2017. Alexa didn't get into Canada until um, late last year, just before the Christmas period. Google's actually been heavier in terms of their marketing um, of smart speakers in Canada up until recently. So, you know, among Canadian podcast listeners, among Canadians in general, Google has, you know, put a, a, a two-to-one edge over Alexa, uh, and Google is different from Alexa in terms of how it works with podcasts. It is more intuitive, more natural. You can listen to podcasts on Alexa, but it's a little clunkier. It's not as obvious a way to listen to podcasts. Um, and when we looked at the Canadian Podcast Listening Study and people who our monthly podcast listeners, we saw some really interesting things that are not the same as what uh, researchers have seen in the U.S. Um, at this point in the U.S., um, you know, virtually all of the research we've done in the U.S. says that listening to podcasts and smart speakers is just a tiny sliver 
um, of, of all the listening that's being done to podcasts. In Canada, we see it's a bit more than that. Um, first of all, um, monthly podcast listeners in Canada are twice as likely um, to have a smart speaker of some form. And again, typically Google Home. Um, and those who do have a smart speaker spend on average, they say they spend about 20% of their podcast listening time listening on a smart speaker, um, which as smart speakers increase in penetration, and you know, there's a lot of crazy estimates in terms of how soon virtually every home will have a smart speaker, but you know, uh, it seems to range from, you know, anywhere from two to five years. Um, that means that at least in Canada, as long as Google Home maintains that dominance, and, and if Alexa becomes a little more intuitive, a little more seamless in terms of the way to listen to podcasts, um, that you're going to see a lot of podcasts listened to over smart speakers. And it does change the way and how you listen. Um, the percentage of time you spend listening to podcasts by yourself versus with others is also different among people who have smart speakers. Um, they're more likely to... I mean, so most of the listening is done on a one-to-one -one basis, but, um, you know, they're, they're, again, about twice as likely to say, say that um, they spend a proportion of their time listening with others because you can have a room full of people and say, hey, Google, play the podcast, and people can sit around and listen to it, almost like, you know, the radio back in the 1930s listening to um, those network radio programs. Jeff Vidler of Audience Insights. For more information on the 2018 Canadian Podcast Listener Survey, you can head to canadianpodcastlistener.ca. For Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, I'm Connie Thiessen. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.